Blog Talk Radio. If uh, one would uh, open up such truth as the truth of God uh, to the people, I do think that he's within his right to stay out of the sight of the people until he has uh, uh, won everything to himself, as the Bible referred for us to it, like this, that uh, he's something like a king looking for a kingdom. And that he go and he uh, visits uh, the people and then he leaves the people and goes away and waits until the time when that he can secure the kingdom. Then he returns to the people that uh, he had made himself uh, manifest. So I think that is a pretty good uh, answer. Well, uh, I can't do anything without consulting my sister. Let's uh, go inside here. We'll uh, come along. I'll show you. That's right here. Sit right down here. That's it. <laughs> this, uh, this is the same genuine, magic, authentic crystal used by the priests of Isis and Osiris in the days of the pharaohs of Egypt, in which Cleopatra first saw the... Welcome, 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 everybody, to another episode of Omnipresence Podcast. We are the media. We are doing everything we can to help spread the positive word and put new people on board and help showcase people to our network. Uh, now we reach people. Well, now we're syndicated on Last FM, Blueberry. You can subscribe to us on iTunes if you want. Definitely, definitely. Um, I want you guys to send a special shout-out to our sponsors by going to their Instagram, going to their Twitter, and liking, commenting, and Pressing play. <laughs> I want you go, to go to at driving on energy. Energy spelled with an I at the end. And then also hashtag I love EVs. Hashtag driving on energy. Shout out to Ford and a driving on energy plug in hybrid electrical vehicle program that is allowing us to drive a Ford Fusion energy around and help spread the word on how we can really help Mother Nature by using less gas and petroleum uh, products. Now, when you plug your hybrid uh, in, which a lot of people can't do, um, even those with a hybrid, because this one plugs in, has a high-capacity battery, has a uh, has brakes that recharge the battery. Also, it has a Sony system that has 12 speakers, which is bumping. Um, I have the titanium package. It's really awesome. I want you guys to go to Ford uh, in Wayne, New Jersey. Uh, I think it's the website. It's uh, WayneFord.com. Uh, or go to their Twitter. I think it's uh, FordWayne1. Um, and send them a shout-out. Say you heard them on Omnipresence Media Podcast. And uh, also, want to thank Lenovo. Lenovo has a new product out, the Yoga uh, 3 Pro tablet, which is pretty cool. It lags a little bit um, when you're running a bunch of programs, but it's, that's not what it's made for. It's similar to a MacBook Air with its lightness, um, but what separates it is it's also a touchscreen tablet. So it's really, really cool. It really has a JBL audio system. And uh, I want to shout out my uh, girl Tracy from Hamacher Schlemmer. Um, if you go to Ham, M A C H E R, yeah, Ham Share Her. 
Wow. Ham. No, hammarker.com, which is spelled H-A-M-M-A-C-H-E-R.com, and you can find some amazing, amazing products. Um, I just got from there uh, $300, a nice little drone with a camera on it. It's actually on the roof of a house right now in the middle of Woodbridge. Um, I was pretty scared last night when I was using it because I thought I lost it, but it's safe and sound. I'm going to get it later, but it's an, I got a nice little drone. You could be flying around, taking photos, video and everything like that, which is awesome. Um, also, if you guys are into the, you know, want to get some documentation, want to sur- be uh, remotely be surveilling your properties or whatnot, they have some nice little uh, cameras and camcorders. I actually got a pen camcorder, so if I'm anywhere, um, you see what's happening in the streets, the police and everybody and the court people. Um, I'll be recording uh, with my pen in my pocket. Yeah, I will not say that on air anymore. But also, want to shout out, uh, you can get the best toaster oven from Hamacker as well. I, we just uh, are uh, trying out the Brevel, uh toaster, which is also a convection oven. It's an 1,800-watt uh, um, uh, toaster smart oven. Um so it moves the heat because it's convection, so it's pretty cool. I want you to go to Hammocker, check that out. It's Breville. Um, I think it's the only toaster they sell because it's the best one in the world. Um, it's the first compact oven with an element IQ that controls heating elements to suit whatever you're cooking. So it's really good. It's really intuitive. It's not going to allow you to be burning your toast all the time or whatnot. I know people that you know cook so well that you burn toast out there. But... um. <laughs> So, yeah, shout out our sponsors. Thank you so much um, for supporting us. Uh, But we will continue to keep growing, spreading the news, um, and allowing us to continue to grow and uh, spread awareness. Uh, We will be getting into the subjects as far as uh, finances, um, private banking, and all that stuff, as you see on some of the prior episodes. Um, we will be talking about some um, light things as far as uh, Moorish nationals, everything like that. But we will keep it, you know, I guess as commercial as possible so all the people that are way, way to asleep can have something interesting to learn from and grow and create businesses um, so we can be uh, supporting ourselves um, and maybe create an economy where we can rebuild our black Wall Streets that we once had all over, not just in a one part, but all over. Now, today, uh, you know, I just promoted, go to at Omnipresence uh, MED. Um, today, 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 we have a really great author on, on the line that, you know, took the time out to really create uh, an amazing piece of work for us to uh, hear. Her name is Evie T. McDuff. Her book is set to launch on Thursday, November 19th, which is, uh, you know, by the time you hear this, if you're listening now, uh, go check for it right now, uh, author E.V.T. McDuff. And she has built a lot of buzz behind it. Um, The novel actually explores the life of a young woman named Alice, who in the wake of her mother's passing inherits a wooden box that holds holds painful stories of her ancestors. Alice is left with a choice to either suffer or see the light. Wow, that sounds very interesting. Let's get 
out uh let's get uh Evie uh Evie on the line right now. Hey Evie, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you, Vicken? Superb. It's so great to have you on the line. I really appreciate you coming on and you know, really spreading word with all the great um work that you've been doing. Um for the people that may not be too aware of you, um can you let them know uh you know what you who you are and what you've been doing for the last few, you know, years? Yes. My name is Evie T. McDuff, and I live in South Carolina, and I'm a huge advocate for domestic violence. And what I've been doing for the last few years is doing my best to help to break the silence. I'm so glad to see that people are starting to speak up now because there was a time when it was taboo and nobody really wanted to talk about it. But at least now we're beginning to come out and people are beginning to step up and say, hey, this is what happened to me. And in order for us to begin to try and fix it, first we have to talk about it. So that's what, you know, what what's going on with me right now. Oh, that's superb. And Domestic Violence Month, uh, uh, Barack Obama just made October uh, Domestic Violence Month just passed. And for Domestic Violence Month, um, I actually finally came out and talked about an ordeal where I had where I was in an abusive relationship um, that was uh, physical, mental, very emotional. And the only reason I started talking about it now is because I'm, I'm really seeing the effect it's having on my, my relationships, and I really want to make changes. Um, so I'm really happy that, you know, you're advocating for this as well. And um, I believe for every, for every four people, uh, one, out of, one out of four people, it's a male that's getting abused. Um, either beat or right. killed or whatnot. Um, so there right. are guys out too. Um, but thank you for so much for advocating this. You're welcome. And you know, a lot of people don't realize this. They automatically, when you hear abuse, they automatically think that it's always women. But that's just not the case. Men are abused too. Some some women learn those habits you know, of beating on men and doing all kinds of different things like that. But they always automatically just say just the women. But it's not just us. It's everybody. So we really need to bring awareness to everybody. My book just happens to be about Alice and about a woman. But there's a lot of abuse on both sides. Right, especially living in a patriarchal society where males have been overbearing for so long. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, as a male, I would probably say a, a woman was taught how to act that way by male or trying to get more control in society and, um, you know, after so many things changed to this uh, patriarchal male-dominated um, society. I mean, at a certain point, you know, women physically aren't able, for the most part, um, to physically uh, get at men they usually have to do it mentally. Um, mm-hmm. So over time, that's what has developed so women can start to get control of, again. Um, but right. at the same time, it's just not fair um, for males to be doing that and for anybody to be abusing anyone, you know. That's right. That's right. No one has their, the right to put their hands on you. even in, And that's one thing that, I've, you know, I'm really interested in the generations to come. We've made our mistakes and we're trying to correct them. But what I'd like to see happen is every year the statistics begin to go down. But in order for that to happen, we're going to have to educate. 
the next generation and let them know, hey, it's not okay for, you know, your boyfriend to play around, play hitting you, or, you know, you play slapping him. And, you know, we have personal space around us. And we all need to learn how to respect that space. Because if you start out playing and tapping and stuff, you turn next thing you know you next thing you know you turn around and somebody's really hitting somebody. Exactly. You know, I never all, it, right. right. And and with with the teaching um aspect, I see you bringing this book as a way to um not only get people reading, but use uh you know, the non fiction to uh, create a situation where people can learn. Now, there's a personal hand carved wooden box um, in the book. Uh, how did you come up with that as a way to, I guess, bring the story out of Alice? Um, I thought I thought the book would make it interesting. It started. Um, let me start from the beginning. It started with someone that I knew. And she was a beautiful girl, inside and out. And I just couldn't figure out why, you know, she would always be attracted to people who would either abuse her or, you know, um, married men and, and people that really couldn't give her the time that was supposed to be given in a relationship. She always, like, settled for less. And I always said, I'm like, well, why do you do that? And she says to me, like, do what? And I said, you know, just... Um, be with people that, you know, cannot give you the time back. You're alone for Christmas. You're alone for Thanksgiving. You're alone for, for all the major holidays, and it's okay with you. And she was like, well, you know, I'm not really doing anything. And then she took me home to meet her mom. And I met her mother, and her mother automatically just started talking to me about different things, her growing up and, you know, um, the things she used to do and messing with married guys and all of this stuff. And I looked at her, and then I looked at her mother. And then I just said to myself, I'm like, this is a chain. You know, this is normal for her. So she grew up in this type of atmosphere. So when I'm looking at her, you know, I come from a strong family background, and I'm looking at her like, okay, now it's starting to make sense. So as I looked at her and then I looked at her mother and I said to myself, how did her mother get that way? And then I tried to look at her mother, and it just kept trickling down the line, and I just began to write, and I wanted to write about change because people a lot of times will think, um, until now, until we're starting to realize that there is change, people a lot of times used to think, like, why you know, why do these people do this? But a lot of times we get things from what we've learned. So what my normal was was not her normal. It was normal for her to be in that situation. And for me to watch her, that was not normal. But it's not. it wasn't about me. It was about her normal. Right, right. That's amazing, and that's true. And at a certain point, um, especially for the those of us that <clears throat> have ancestors that were slaves in, in the system, by now it, this is in our DNA. And this, yeah. um, yeah, and and not not having a man in the home and not trusting uh, uh, the right males <clears throat> probably comes from um, slaves being raped and you know. Yes. Just, turmoil day in and day out for like three, four, five hundred years, and now right. these effects are exactly what's kind of being reciprocated now, unfortunately, in our community, That and it's horrible, actually. It, yeah, it started so long ago, 
My book actually starts in the late 1700s, and it starts out with Alice, who appears to be a Caucasian woman, but she's from a biracial bloodline. And when she goes into this box, this box is like, you know, it's something that money can't buy. And her aunt tells her that. You know, she she's married to Jack, and Jack is abusive physically, he's abusive mentally, and he's abusive financially. He keeps things from her. You know, and then on top of that, she has a daughter, Denise, who's 15 years old. And from Denise's circumstances to date, Denise is very disrespectful. She's promiscuous, and she is very, very angry. And if all of that isn't enough, Alice's mother unexpectedly dies, and her Auntie Dee brings her a wooden chest. And she tells her that her mother told her that if anything was to ever happen to her, to give her this chest. So the chest has a chain ensnarled all the way around it, and there's no opening to it. But her auntie details that there's only two things that you have to remember when becoming coming into ownership of this chest, two rules. One, that you do not open this chest until your heart tells you to. And two, when it comes time to open this chest, neither she or anyone else can help her to get into it. She must figure out how to open this box and how to break the chain. That's her journey. She then she asked her, well, what's in it? And she says, gems, honey, jewels, things that money could never buy. So when Alice finally hears that call to open this chest, she works on it. She works her fingers nimble. When she finally gets inside of it, she realizes that her auntie was right, that what was inside of it was things money could never buy. She found the letters and diaries and parchment papers of nine generations of women and for that behind her, and she begins to read these letters, and she has letters from her slave great-great-great-great-grandmothers, her foremothers, and it comes all the way up to them becoming free. It becomes all the way up to where they were raped by the masses and their bloodline. The black bloodline was almost erased completely from them, yet Alice looks as if she's Caucasian, and she begins to gain wisdom some of these women to help her with her circumstances and the situation that she's in, and it helps her to realize that this is just a cha- this is a chain, and that she wants better for her daughter. So she begins to you know try to to work to, she starts to see what's going on and she begins to make changes, to see that light at the end of the tunnel, and that's what I'm hoping will happen for people, not to just read it because it's a work of. Um, fiction, but just to to read it in general and know, you know, like, hey, these stories are true, and a lot of the stories that I gave the women in there are stories that, true stories from other people that have told me their stories. You know, so I just kind of work those into um, the other mothers. That's why it's inspired by true events. Interesting. Now, Mm -hmm. earlier um, we were speaking and and you were saying how uh, it's passed down generationally, um, and the way information is passed down is in the DNA. Um, mm-hmm. If we could see what's going down, and we can actually, you know, we know for a fact that you know many slaves, women, even males probably were raped, but women because they created the babies. Now, mm-hmm. is it safe to say that DNA or the you know like now? Because you said that the daughter was like the grandma in, in in the sense of the way their demeanor was. 
Now, if a, a mm-hmm. man and the way their their demeanor is is raping a woman, um, and, and now the kid, wouldn't the kid have characteristics of the male? Uh, I guess we could just you know say the slave master of whatever that mm-hmm. was to make it okay for him to think that that was cool. I mean, if we see our young brothers and sisters killing each other, fighting McDonald's, doing all this stuff, and naturally our people aren't like that, naturally, until something from right. outside comes in, who, who is, like, I'm, I'm not asking specifically, I'm just saying, like, maybe what's happening is not coming from us, even though we're the one acting it out, just based on a DNA, right. you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Now, now some things I understand what you're saying about that, and you're right about that. But also, it's almost like, you know, an addict addiction. You know, if your father was an alcoholic, yes, a lot of times, you know, it's a disease. You know, it can be trickled down and it can be passed down to daughter, son, you know, all the way down. But the thing is, no matter where it came from. The thing at this point now, what we have to do, Vickers, is we have to recognize it. You know, once we start to recognize the enemy, we can begin to just cut the snake off at the head. You know, so my thing is to bring enlightenment to this, to make people in these situations, men and women, to make men say, you know, I'm doing this and this is wrong, and I don't want my son to do this. So what do I do about it? First, you have to recognize you have a problem before we can fix this problem. You know, and once you can get yourself together, then you'll be equipped to help your son. And your son will grow up or your daughter will grow up to live a better life, to be more aware. But if we don't talk about it and we pretend it's not happening, we're going to continue to get the same results over and over again, like just running on a hamster wheel. You know, you do the same thing, you get the same results. So you have to step up and say, hey, I have a problem or, 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 you know, I need help. You get the help and you tell your kids, don't be ashamed of it because, you know, you, you, you can help. It's a bittersweet conversation, but it's a conversation that we need to have. It's a hard conversation. But, you know, what's, right. what's worse than you not having that conversation and raising a young man or raising a young woman to be who you are? You want each generation to be better. Am I correct? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what we need to work on. We just need to work on being honest, and we need to be able to talk about domestic violence and the things that have happened to us. We need to be able to talk about that the same way right now. There was a time that you couldn't even see a bra on TV. Now you see the kids are two and three years old. For them to see women half-naked on the TV is just a natural thing at this point. you know. But And that's natural and that's okay, but to talk about the things that really matter, things that can change lives and save lives. People lose their lives because of domestic violence. So the things that can save lives, we don't really want to talk about or we do it in our pastime. We should talk about this like going to school because what happens is when it becomes a part of our everyday life and people are aware of it, then people on both ends, men and women, men can realize what they're doing, women can realize what they're doing, and we can begin to change things, but if we just keep talking about it, you know, every now and then when somebody has a charity event or something big or, you know, um, be an advocate for domestic violence, it's way bigger than that, way bigger than that. 
and we need to begin to treat it like it is a disease. Yeah, because it is, in, in essence, to hurt, to, to think in your head that it's okay to hurt yourself or another person is, That's is right. kind of pity. Um, That's right. And when I, yeah, when I was on Street Soldiers um, the other day with Lisa Evers talking about this, uh, you know, it's it's pretty prevalent, and a lot of people think it's just it's okay, like it's it's normal because of what we see on TV and these women on these reality shows or males um, just fighting each other, um, pulling each other's hair or whatever, and then it becomes yeah. acting out in real life, and and that's not yeah. okay. At all. And it makes mm-hmm. people think that it's okay, and mm-hmm. it's not okay. So while they're out there, you know, pretending that it's okay, I just want to let people know that it's not okay. I want to give people scenarios, and that's what I've done in my novel. Each one of these generations, you have some women, you know, where they couldn't even work. Back then, you know, the thing was, now they used to say barefoot and pregnant. Well, they actually were home barefoot and pregnant. I mean, they didn't work. A lot of them had dreams and aspirations and goals, but, you know, women in the workforce back then, wasn't a, a a real big thing, you know, so they had to suppress their dreams and, you know, this this is my life, this is what it is, you know. So this the box that I have represents several things. It's called the commitment box. It's making a commitment to yourself, whatever your circumstances are. If you're in a domestic violence situation, breaking the chain on this box, you're making a commitment to change your life so that things can be better for your children. And you see what's going on, and you don't want to turn around later and say, oh, baby, I'm just so sorry for everything that happened. Don't just say it. Be about it. Do something about it. You know, I would rather see my mom, you know, try to make a change in her life and to make sure that I don't grow up in that same situation, you know, than to just, Give me a I'm sorry and stay living in that living in that situation. And the other right. part of this commitment box is for people, and not just women, but men too, is to break the chain in this commitment box. You're you're committing to doing whatever God put you here to do. God put us all here to do something. There are brain surgeons. I mean, there's people for every single job. There's lawyers. There's nurses. You know, there's care providers. We're all here to do something and breaking that chain and saying, look, I'm not going to miss my life. You know, I'm going to do whatever it was that I was put here to do. We all have a gift. You know what it is. But some people just let that gift pass them by. They live their whole life wondering, you know, what if, you know. And so making that commitment to breaking that chain is to making a commitment to yourself to be the best you that you can be. You know, so that's what breaking the chain, and that's the reason that chain is on the box, not just to get inside, to get to my book, but I would rather you not read the book until you make a commitment to say to yourself, well, this is what I'm breaking this chain. It's symbolic, you know, for what I need to do with my life, rather to be a better parent, you know, break it for some reason, or or if your children come to you, break, break the chain with your child and let them to understand what this is about. You know, we're not just sitting here because this is real cute or something to do, but I really want to talk to you about some things, and, you know, this is a way to start a beautiful conversation, and that's what I call the beautiful conversation. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, 
what do you think readers could take away from a novel um, to assist them with, like, any personal family issues or situations affecting their well-being? Yeah, they can take a lot. They're going to take a lot away from this novel because, again, it's about nine generations of women with nine different circumstances. And I'm hoping within the pages that everyone will find their circumstance somewhere within that novel. It's not about one family doing the same thing over and over again. It's different scenarios. And and I try to use scenarios that people will say, well, you know, wow, I'm in that situation, or I'm in this situation, or I'm in Sheila's situation, or I'm in Martha's situation. You know, I try to make it to where everybody will get something out of this. It's not going to be an average book, and it's not going to have that average ending that you're expecting, but it's going to be a lesson in it. You know, so I'm just real passionate about it. I'm excited about it, and you know, it's just it's gonna be it's gonna be a great journey and a great ride for everyone that reads it. Oh yeah, and don't play in the sun. Um, for everybody out there, you could go to don'tplayinthesun.com right now. It is one of three books. Um, what's the reason behind the trilogy of the books? Because we want the generations to go on so they can see from where we started with this first book to where these generations end up in in hopes that it can be this way in our lives. Right now I'm here, then my granddaughter and my great-granddaughter and my daughter's daughter, I would love for people to leave these letters in these boxes for their children, you know, to go back and say, you know, God forbid you pass away. You know, your mother leaves you a box, but inside this box you as you get older, you realize the things that your mother has went through, you know, and the trilogy is going to help them to continue to grow, to get to where they need to be so we won't have that 80% of people saying that they're abused. At, one, at some point, we'll be down to 30. So they have to just read the next two books and find out. But it will all make sense once they join me in this journey. Oh, yeah. Um, that's amazing. Now, um, where can people uh, find the book and, and contact you or reach you um, about or purchasing the book and everything? They can go to my website, evtmcduff.com. They can get it from Amico, I'm sorry, Amazon. They can also get it from Elacor Media rather than get it from Elacor Media because that's a small publishing house, but I'm trying to also help them to grow as well, and they're helping me. So um, I would really like to go there to order the book. But after the launch, it, it'll be available at Barnes & Nobles, Books A Million, Amazon, and Elacor Media Press. And if they just put in Elacor, yeah, they'll be able to get it from there as well. Amazing, amazing. Now, uh, thank you so much, Evie, for coming on and, and spreading word about this amazing book. Um, we definitely want to have you come on in the future and uh, th- and thank you for expressing the awareness of of how this is repeated generate generation each generation. Um, and if we don't do something now, um, this abuse will continue. And it, and it's kind of bad now if we see what's going on. But if we don't do yeah. something now, we'll be watching it on like primetime TV, like it's normal. Um, yeah. Like in a show like I mean we already are kind of seeing it now I mean we we would definitely have to wake up definitely for sure um 
Yeah, we have to. We have to just. I'm just asking people, you know, as quick as we are to curse in front of our kids and, you know, have three or four different relationships in front of our kids. I mean, that comes easy to people, you know. So what we need to do is we need to start making talking about this violence easy. Don't tell your son, you know, well, you, you don't hit women, son. Why don't you hit a woman? You know, give him some ideas on what can happen to him. You can end up in jail. You can end up hurt. You know, somebody's brother can end up shooting you or somebody's mother can end up shooting you. So that's what we just want to get the word out to, you know, make it natural to talk about something like this. This way if something happens to them, they can come home and say, Mom, Dad, this happened to me or this person touched me. But don't make it seem taboo. Let's talk about it. And then you can stop that before this person goes further with your children. But children are afraid to say something because it's something, quote, unquote, that we really don't talk about with the kids, but we need to. So that they're aware of it and they can grow up better. Like, hey, this is no big secret. Somebody touch you, you come and tell me. Don't be ashamed to talk to your children. Right, right. Because um, it's important. And uh, if we want our kids to be there for us, um, when, when the time comes, um, we're gonna we're gonna definitely uh, need them to be straight minded. Um, because a lot of these kids are hurting themselves. You know, they're killing others. They're killing themselves. Um, they're scared, you know, they don't have faith in the generations before them. Um, so it's definitely important for those listening uh, to really stand up and, and be that example of greatness because there's not enough people doing it. If there was, That's right. things would be greater, you know? Um, That's right, I agree. Yeah, so thanks again, Evie. Um, everybody, go to her website. Uh, go to don'tplayinthesun.com. You can check everything out. And uh, uh, really appreciate you for this project and um, for all the obstacles that you overcame as well to finish it. Thank you. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you having me on and hope to talk to you again soon. Likewise. Thank you. Anytime. Take care. Bye-bye. Have a great uh, rest of your week. You too. Bye-bye. And there you have it, guys, another amazing episode of Omnipresence Media. Uh, this is the podcast where we get people that are authors, businessmen, businesswomen. Uh, we have had uh, artists on here, not only musical artists, but we have Danny Simmons on, who's Russell Simmons' brother. So all you artists out there, keep doing what you do. Uh, keep putting your work out there, whether it's music, paintings, and uh really find ways to express yourself and what's needed out there in society like Evie did with her book and expressing what the, how important it is that we can have some mental health uh, back in our community and we can talk about it because right now um, my nagas and my niggases, you guys are kind of insane right now and um, there's not enough people telling you this because they're afraid to tell you because they're afraid that you might knock their teeth out um, but a lot of you are acting really wild right now. Um, we need you to stop, act like gentle men, gentle women. Uh, we need you opening doors for women. We need you, um, not telling women to stay in the house, be barefoot, whatever, you know, and pregnant, but helping support them and their businesses and their endeavors, um, so that they can be equal to us because they're not, women are kind of, not you can't even equal them to men because they're greater. They create life from a womb, another living being. They bring 
a being from the ethers to this physical plane of existence, if that's not amazing to you, you're probably one of those insane people I was just referring to. But anyway, thank you guys so much for coming on Omnipresence Media Podcast, listening, spread the word. We're on at Omnipresence MED, at Vickens Moscova. Shout out to the uh, Driving on Energy, PHEV, go on hashtag I love EVs. And hopefully soon we'll have a nice female uh, co-host assisting me with some shows to balance out that energy. Thank you so much, guys. Peace and love. The only thing I'm seeing I'd like to put an amend on, perhaps a little more room here for the fixings. You know what I'm talking about? Ooh, we're going to have a lot of fixings? We're going to have so many fucking fixings up in this motherfucker. This shit's going to go through the roof, man. Ooh. Ah, damn, I'm shitting gold these days. We made it. We made it. Devil, the haters, the bloggers, the papers, the labels, they label me. But they can't relate to I struggle, my nigga, we came up from slavery. Uh, apologies go out to all of my fans because they waited so patiently. Uh, this one is for all of the lost and forgotten black angels that pray for me. A million, million niggas love me because I'm ill. The greatest story ever told, niggas in the field. From Solomon to Sambo to Django, it's fact. I'm the fire kind of rap and I get it from the wheel. The son of WD who hung around in the deep, who ran around in the streets. The trap guards raised me. Faith all on the sink. Story all on the wall of the pyramids. Niggas know the black guard saved me. You can blow the nose off, that won't change it. Obamacare won't heal all that anguish. We came a long way from the bottom of the boat. All praise to the Mac D, we found our language. Gold necklace, middle finger erected. God probably should bad, silent on the record Lost sons of Muhammad, we wildin' on the record The shadow of Allah and Lahat is the message All these niggas, I got to fight one All these devils, I got to strike some All these rebels just waiting on the wall Cry, mama says, son, you got to strike drum Rock Nation, celebration, motivation, elevation Nigga, we made it from slaves on the slave ship Live from the cotton fields, straight to the spaceship Kinda makes me wonder why the hell so many people are trying to tell me to slow down Seems like motherfuckers should be shutting the hell up and enjoying the show. Hopped up the slave ship, popped up my chain and took it to Jacob. I gotta go play it. More than that bitch, like, nigga, we made it. I own my own masters. No, I ain't missing no royalty statements. I can't be rated. Damn, hoes, stun on them haters. Sorry, Mr. Drizzy, put so much y'all talk. Silly me, rapping about shit that I really bought. Why these rappers rap about guns, they ain't shot. And a bunch of other silly shit that they ain't got. I'm on my loop, feed up, young gold. Stunning on stage after 12 years of slaves. This ace spade, look like Oscar. Black tough, look like a monster. Don't make me lie, yeah. Nigga, watch your tone. I come to court with black boxes on. Y'all hella jealous of my melatonin. I can black out at any given moment. I'm God. Jesus sent me letter made. So with my arms and feet shackle, I still get paid. All praise is due. I'm ready to chase the Yaku back in the cage. These are the last days. What do I sing face? Showed up to the last supper in some brand new J's. I'm the true living. Book a hoe. New religion. Ain't fun. The other world. Alien superstition. You blind, baby. Blind to the fact of who you are, maybe. My bloodline's crazy. Kings and queens and Michael Jordan rings. I go stupid, though. Sucio. The flow's filthy. Y'all can't kill me. I've been inoculated from the snakes in the face. In your corny handshake. Cocksucker, we made it. Ah.